Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 39 of the Debt-Free Dad podcast. Hey, it's officially fall and one of my most favorite times of the year. But with fall comes some bigger expenses like Halloween, Thanksgiving, and yes, believe it or not, even with COVID going on, the holiday shopping season is quickly approaching. And today we're going to be diving into a few budgeting tips to help you plan ahead. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Debt-Free Dad Podcast, where we're helping normal, everyday people learn how to save money and kick debt so they can live a happier and stress-free life. Now here's your host, Debt-Free Dad, Brad Nelson. Hey, what is up, everyone? You can find me on Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and Instagram. Just search Brad Nelson, Debt-Free Dad, and welcome to today's show. So uh, guys, it's crazy. We were, we were actually just talking about this tonight as we're recording this. We're getting ready to record a couple of episodes and um, we're on episode number 39. And at the same time though, it feels like we just got started and now we're going to be talking about fall. And even with the virus and stuff going, you know, a lot of people have said like, you know, this is like the 40th month of the year already, or it feels like it's taking forever. I don't know. For me, man, it, it's gone really quick still. <laughs> it's flown by. I don't know where summer went. Because I have no it's idea. really cold here now, and I'm like, I'm not happy about fall. How cold is it already for you guys? <laughs> it's it's getting cold. I, I'm not even going to tell you because. Oh yeah, because you guys are Celsius, <laughs> and then we're going to have to sit here and do the conversion, and that ain't going to work. <laughs> it's cold. It's getting cold here too. Um, you know, obviously it's uh, September in Wisconsin, and we'll we'll have kind of like those crazy days. Like we'll get weeks where it's like 52 every day, and then all of a sudden it'll be like 85. It's it's uh it's crazy. But Ryan's in Tennessee. He doesn't he doesn't have to deal with any of that stuff. No, no, it's still, uh, I think it's close to 90 today, so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Nothing says fall, like, and pumpkin spice, right? Like, 90-degree weather. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, last uh, last year here through October, because we have pictures from it. It was, like, 103 still. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, it went right from, we didn't get really a fall last year. It went right from summer to what we call winter here, so. Yeah, like, for winter for you guys is, like, what, 40s and 50s is 50s it? 50s yeah. usually yeah. yeah yeah we're like minus 40 the high high today for wisconsin is like 52 where we're where i'm at so that's that's a that's a winter day we're having a tennessee winter day today <laughs> <laughs> all right guys so today we're going to share a couple of budgeting tips and uh you know it is the change of a season we have a lot of stuff going on obviously you know a lot of kids are back in school or doing virtual learning but there's also a lot of things in the fall that are things that you should start thinking about and hopefully you've already started thinking about, especially from listening to this podcast, uh, that way it's not putting stress on your budget. And the first one, and I really kind of hate talking about this topic because I can't stand uh, health insurance. Believe it or not, I just, it drives me nuts every time I talk about it, look at it for our family. But the fall is a great opportunity just to kind of look at and review uh, your health insurance policies. Uh, if you are part of the uh, marketplace or you're getting your health insurance on healthcare.gov, which is kind of the you know name that a lot of people refer to it as Obamacare, um, you can uh, start open enrollment for that on November 1st. So obviously they just do that special open enrollment period once a year. And this is an opportunity to start looking at all of the different options that are available to you. And if you do work for somebody, 
Uh, a lot of the companies out there only have open enrollment for their health uh, insurance policies through a certain period of time. They'll obviously update their health insurance policies as well. So it gives you an opportunity to review what you currently have versus what some of those new options are. And the reason why I tell people to do this is when I do one-on-one coaching calls with people, it's it's amazing when we talk about health insurance, if, we, if, if that conversation comes up, how many people aren't real knowledgeable of exactly what their health insurance is even covering, what their deductibles are, what they're going to be liable for, and, and all of those types of things. So uh, as much as, and again, I hate talking about insurance. This is like the the boringest topic I think you cover as a financial coach and, and talking with people about, but it, it is also just uh, so needed when it comes to uh, the conversation and making sure that uh, you're protecting your income and you know exactly what your coverage is going to be in case something happens where you're going to need that insurance coverage. Uh, the other one I want to talk about is uh, prepare for tax season. And Ryan and Amber and I, we have a little bit of different philosophy about this. So me personally, as a financial coach, I recommend, personally recommend that you have a professional uh, do your taxes. And the reason why I recommend it is just, if you've seen the tax code, I mean, it's a lot of pages. There's a lot of stuff there, and especially because things change year after year. So I think, personally, it's worth the investment. And for you know a normal, typical person, it's you're not talking about a huge major expense. And if that accountant or that CPA can save you thousands of dollars over the years of doing your taxes, maybe they're able to find different tax breaks that you aren't able to find. Uh, me, personally, I think it's worth it. Now, I also think it's worth it because my wife and I run our own businesses. We, we have probably a lot more of a complicated situation than the typical individual does. So for us, it's an absolute necessity for us to be able to have a professional go through and do our taxes. But but you guys feel differently. So what are your guys' thoughts on this? I personally do my own and I run my own business, um, but I did go through business school and stuff like that. So I learned a lot and I just keep up to date on stuff and I feel like I'm comfortable doing my own taxes. So she does not listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> My wife was self-employed at one time, 1099. She worked in real estate. So um, at, when she was doing that, it was a lot more complicated. So we, we did have someone do our taxes for us because um, it was a little overwhelming for us to handle. Um, when she left that and went to just a normal W-2 position and we both worked that, um, we don't really have any debt. We don't really have a lot of write-offs. We do do our own taxes now because it's it usually takes us once we get all the different pieces that we need. I mean, within 30 minutes to an hour, I'm done. I mean, there's just not much to do. Um, if we were in a situation where we were doing a lot of medical bills or, you know, when the kids were younger and they were like, there was childcare credits and all these different things, but we're kind of in an area now in our lives where they're all getting pretty old, pretty old. We don't have those expenses. It's pretty much, I mean, from a write-off standpoint, we just don't have a lot. So we don't find it beneficial to, to take it to somebody. Right, right. Now, the two of you, do you guys use, if you don't, do you guys use like a software to help you guys do that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're not doing, you're doing it on your own, but you're doing it with assistance of like a software Well, I'm program. not going to do yeah. it on paper. That would take forever. I used to do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I just wanted, I just wanted to confirm because some listeners might be out there and be like, wow, you guys are doing well by yourself. But no, you're, you are using yeah. a software to assist in, in, in doing the taxes. Oh, definitely. Right. And if okay. you're going to a tax professional though, I do recommend like look up your tax professional make sure they're legit because yeah some of these absolutely. pop-up shops are not a good place to go yeah yeah you actually yeah you want to make sure that 
they're licensed to be able to do what they're doing. You also want to make sure that you're talking to them. If you get audited, are they going to represent you in an audit? You know, there, there's definitely a list of things that you do want to do to qualify uh, your tax professional. There's no question about it. The other thing you want to do is whether you're filing your taxes with a professional, you're doing them yourself, is to ask yourself the question of what happened last year? Did you owe or did you get a refund? Because right now is the time to kind of think about what are we going to do in that situation this coming year? And what a lot of people tend to do is they don't really have a plan either way. If they owed, well, they just owe again. And then they just maybe add on more tax debt and more payments that they're going to owe to the IRS. That's not a good plan. We want to get out of that situation. So how can we help fix that? And again, if you're seeing that you're always owing, this might be a good op- option for you to seek out and work with a tax professional to help you figure out what's going on. The other thing is, is if you're getting a huge return or a sizable return every year, this is another opportunity to look at and say, okay, are we making the most of our income throughout the year? Listen, if you're living paycheck to paycheck month after month, but yet one time a year, you're getting like a three, four, five, six, seven. I've even seen people getting over $10,000 in refunds. Maybe you need to work with a tax professional to figure out how you can spread that money around throughout the year as opposed to just getting one giant lump sum every single year, one time a year. And then you're kind of wondering, well, what do we even do with that money? So right now is the perfect opportunity to start really looking at that. How can we better use that tax refund this year if we're going to get one or if we're going to owe, how can we make sure we have a plan going into that so it's not going to be stressful next year when that tax uh, the tax bill comes? Obviously, uh, with fall comes Halloween and fall festivities. Guys, check this out. This is shocking. We're not going to talk about this one too long, but last year in 2019, now who knows what it's going to do this year. I'm, I'm interested what people are going to do for <laughs> Halloween this year. <laughs> but seriously, in 2019, Americans spent almost $9 billion on Halloween. That is a huge number, and they say it averaged out to about 85 to $90 per person. And that included a lot of things like decorations, costumes, candy, pumpkins, especially if you go to the pumpkin farm, the pumpkins are you know are typically going to be more expensive there. But um, those are big numbers. What are you guys going to do for Halloween this year with COVID? Are you guys doing anything I'm, usually? I'm fully expecting it to cancel. I'm not. Are you really? Lie. Yeah. I Yeah, I think so. I told my kids they can just, they can be whatever they want. It'll just be a a doctor of that because I'll have to wear a mask. So, you know, <laughs> so you can be a, you can be a doctor princess or you can be a doctor, scary person, whatever you want to be. But you know, every, I mean, it can go, I mean, it could go on technically. We just would have to get creative about it. If you are planning on celebrating, no matter what that looks like, there is going to be somewhat of a cost to it. And my thought is that it's probably going to shift a little bit. If you're not going to do the typical Halloween stuff, I bet you there's going to be people that are going to still do Halloween stuff. It's just not going to look like it typically does, which there's still going to be money involved with that. So just make sure you're putting in your budget and you got a plan. I think, I think 85 to $90 a person is pretty typical. I think it is too. Kids or not. Yeah, definitely. And if you're going to do some kind of activity at home by inviting maybe a couple of family members, friends that could add up even more. Yeah, absolutely. And would you guys agree or disagree? I think when we were kids, I don't ever remember seeing, and maybe, I don't know if you guys have these pop-up. Do you guys have pop-up Halloween shops in Canada? Yeah. You do? Okay. So that's yeah. that's reached up there too. That's become really popular. When we were kids, none of that stuff was really around. Like, they, at least that I remember. You know, no, you had to go to- my costumes. Yeah. You had to go to like the, you know, the Kmart or the ShopGo, which some of those places aren't even around anymore, or the Walmart, and you'd had to, you know, you had to pick up your costume there. Or you, like you said, you had to make your costume. And I think now that you- 
so many costumes are still already available just within local stores and also online. I think that's what's drastically increased the cost of Halloween. Is I think just just more stuff more accessible nowadays than there used to be a long time ago. Say so, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I mean, while we're getting out of debt, I mean, I, I'm kind of happy because I mean, well, not this year because it is a little weird, but I've always liked Halloween and. I do like the de- decorations and all that sort of stuff, but being accessible, I mean, yeah, you could get some, I mean, back in the day, I mean, we made our own stuff and you bought your little plastic masks, but now you buy some cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it adds up quick. I mean, even uh, we were over at Hobby Lobby not too long ago and, and they had like a bunch of stuff. So it's, I think it's just more accessible. And I think obviously it's just a lot easier to spend. All right, guys, we'll be back real quick. We're gonna have a commercial break and we're going to share a couple more tips here to plan your fall spending. Stay tuned. You know, over the years, I have found that people who get the best results in getting out of debt and kicking financial stress are those who have what I like to call is the circle of awesome. Now, what in the heck is the circle of awesome? Well, think of a circle, and the circle is cut up into four pieces, and those four pieces represent education, accountability, support, and of course, lots of hard work. And the individuals who are using all four parts of the circle of awesome are the ones who are getting the big results that we share on this podcast. Now, where most people lack in the circle of awesome is accountability and support. I mean, get this, most people don't like to talk about their finances. I know you're shocked, right? And they certainly don't have a good place to celebrate their achievements with other like-minded people. That's why I created our private Facebook group called Life Without Payments. So if you're looking to get out of debt and end the paycheck-to-paycheck life and get more tips to make that happen, there is no better place to be than in this group where thousands of other people are working on the same goals and getting out of debt and kicking financial stress for good. So to join my private Facebook group, search Life Without Payments in the Facebook app and request to join, and we can't wait to welcome you in the group. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we are talking about fall budgeting and planning tips for your finances. The next one is uh, my favorite holiday of the year, which is uh, Thanksgiving, but Guys, these uh, <laughs> these numbers shock me a little bit, and I think these numbers are low uh, based on statistics and, and based on what we do. And Amber, we've shared these numbers before at one point, and I think we all agreed that they were low too. But check this out. Uh, these are some numbers from the supermarketnews.com and the American Farm Bureau Federation and their 34th annual survey of the holidays dinner table items. All right? This is official, right? Uh, the AFBF pegged the average cost of a classic Thanksgiving turkey dinner for 10, 10, mind you, $48.91 or less than $5 a, a person. I think that's just way too low. Uh, compared to the average, and these are 2019 numbers, mind you, uh, compared with the average of 2018, it was $48.90. So we're about a penny different <laughs> than one year over the other. For the 2019 AFBF survey, 250 plus volunteer shoppers checked prices at grocery stores in 38 states. Participating shoppers sought the best possible prices without using special promotional coupons or purchase deals, which makes this even more crazy that it's this cheap, but AFBF said on the Thanksgiving shopping list to feed 10 people with leftovers were turkey, stuffing, sweet potatoes, rolls, uh, rolls with butter, mind you, peas, cranberries, a veggie tray, a pumpkin pie, and whipped cream and coffee and milk. $48. sounds like a challenge. I want to go and try and make that happen. (sighs) Come on. There's no... I don't think I could do it. (laughs) How? Like... 
I don't under, I don't I can't even fathom that. Like how can you do a 10 person meal for $48.90? I mean the turkey alone is typically you know what? Probably 15 to 20 dollars would be my guess, you know. And we get like uh we get more and we probably pay a little bit more because ours is like a fresh turkey it's never frozen. But there's some months or some some years and my wife gets these giant turkeys all the time and the turkey itself is like 40 bucks. I could not do it. Yeah. <laughs> But, but I love, I mean, I love to cook and I love Thanksgiving. So I think that's a more of a challenge for me is, you know, when you say stuffing, I mean, I don't buy the instant stuffing, you know, right. for, the cu- for the couple dollars a bag. So if we're making, you know, so, so it's just, it. so I don't look at that. I mean, I think if you were to do a very, very, very basic meal with what they said, I mean, it might be possible. Yeah, it could be. I agree with Amber. Let's do that. We'll do that this Thanksgiving. The challenge. See who can have the cheapest Thanksgiving. (laughs) But seriously, I mean, they say 48. I would, I'm just recommending if you're budgeting for Thanksgiving and you're probably listening to this, you'll be like, I'm going to spend way more than that. The point is, is that have a plan for Thanksgiving because it it can get costly, especially in our house because it's the, it's the holiday that we do here. And, um, it's usually a couple hundred dollars that we budget just to have the meal itself. So, um, make sure you have a budget for that. Next one up is Christmas. And if you haven't started planning for Christmas, we did a whole episode on this podcast way back in July. Talk about way back. It was like two months ago. And uh, it was uh, five tips to help you take holiday stress off of your finances in July. But those tips are still going to be applicable here in September uh, if you're still waiting to get ready for Christmas. But here are just some numbers from uh, Investopedia.com. Nearly every year since 2008, the amount of money that American consumers spend on holiday gifts has been increasing over the previous year. For 2019, industry experts expect the average American to spend 900, this is last year, mind you, $942 per person on holiday gifts, up from $885 in 2018, and reaching a total of more than $1 trillion. Wow, that's a lot of money in holiday spending. Over the past decade, obviously, e-commerce has captured an increasing swath of the holiday spending market share as well, with many buying their toys, electronics, and jewelries online. So, again, it's just have have a plan. You know, if the average, I'm guessing, this year is probably going to be right about the same. Might go down a little bit with COVID. I don't know what people's, you know, it, it'd be interesting. I wonder if people's buying patterns are going to change this year just with everything that's going on. But but even well, if I'll it doesn't... See, I'll be seeing less people, so I... I wouldn't have the extra little gifts that I might buy for somebody that I would, I'm not going to see them. I'm not going to buy it for them. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like all yeah. of those, all of those little things that add up, you know, it's the death by a thousand cuts, right? <laughs> it's all those little things that you may not spend on this year that might help the budget out a little bit, but it, it still goes to say that, you know, you've got to have a plan for Christmas and the holidays. Um, it, it's just got to happen. There's just way too many people that I talk to even some of our Roots members that rely on credit cards to get through the holidays. And and that habit's got to change if you want to get out of debt. My three kids listen to this show, so if they think they're getting $942 a piece, dream on. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we ain't normal. <laughs> uh, we, do, we, budget, we budget about $1,000, but that's, for, that's like for everything, though. That's like not just for our family, like, my wife's got a pretty big family. We give gifts over there. So, I mean, we, we, that's LA, that's like everything. But so, I mean, seeing that $942 number isn't, doesn't surprise me just based on our own personal experience, but, uh, but it's a good chunk of change, especially, you know, with the year that we've had 
now's the time to start planning on what you're going to do and and making the decisions of saying no now like these are the things that we are going to commit to because we have cash to pay for these items and then just some last tips right now uh, obviously end of September as you're listening to this take advantage of the end of summer sales and uh, only if you've got cash to do it though that's that's my deal with you uh, if you're using credit cards I don't recommend taking advantage of any of those sales because you don't need the stuff but get in the habit of doing your shopping when it's the off season and you'll save yourself a tremendous amount of money uh, things like you think about like things like decorations uh, even like school supplies you know whether your, your kids went to school or not, a lot of those uh, like school supplies are still going to be on the shelf, a lot of leftovers, pick up some of those things for next year. Think about things like summer clothes, even things like landscaping. Like if you're getting ready to do any sort of landscaping, I know like up here up in Wisconsin, a lot of like the bushes and the perennials and a lot of that stuff, they put on major sales this time of year, but you can still plant them uh, and, and get them in the ground before the ground freezes. So, I mean, but you can save a tremendous amount of money on a lot of that stuff. So again, it's just all becoming, or being a part of a, being a smarter consumer, using your money a little bit more wisely rather than waiting till, you know, the season is hot and you're paying top dollar for some of those items. I'm terrible at this. I don't know. How, I don't know. I, really, I don't know how you all are. I mean, I am. I, I every year, like around Christmas, I always say, like, I'm going to go right after Christmas and buy a bunch of stuff because it's so cheap. And then Christmas is over, and I'm just so sick of Christmas that I'm like, I don't even want to see it. And then, like, the next year, I'm like, oh, I should have went and bought it. I do it to myself every year. Like, I should take advantage. <laughs> but when I'm in like spring mode, same thing, like you said, landscaping stuff. I mean, there's something about spring that makes me want to go do that. But in the fall, when it's when I've done it all summer, like. I'm just, I don't want to deal with it. So it's a good, it's a good reminder to do that because you can save a ton of money. How much do you think marketing plays into that though? I mean, big, I, I guarantee you that's huge. You know, spring's coming, you hear all the commercials, whether it's for the thing that you want or not. Uh, summer, winter, Christmas. I mean, you, I, I think marketing plays a huge, because you're right. I feel the same way. I mean, in, in no way are we perfect with this. There's no question about it, but uh, we have gotten better about it over the years. Um, especially when, you know, you're living paycheck to paycheck, we had to be more selective about when we were buying things. Now that we're, you know, debt free, you know, we've got more flexibility in our income than we used to. So, um, you know, we're not always doing some of these things, but, um, but I agree. I think, uh, it's easy to say, especially the holidays, like I'm, the holidays are like, are so long, like it's from Thanksgiving now until, well, Christmas actually happens, which is like four or five weeks. And by the time Christmas is over, like I don't want anything to do with the holidays anymore. <laughs> I certainly try don't. Being, try, try being in Canada. Thanksgiving ends in October. Now we start Christmas right then and there. Oh, that's even. <laughs> seriously. Do they start it like right afterwards? Oh, gosh. Yeah. The Christmas trees are up in the stores. Everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's you guys got like five extra weeks on us. <laughs> that's a long holiday season. So, yeah, I agree, Ryan. It's It's hard, I think, to especially Christmas and some of those things like to go and buy some of that stuff after the fact, especially if there's no real need for it at the moment. Um, but I tell you what, we've done it a few times and then you go and open up those boxes and you're like, Oh yeah, we bought this stuff. This is great. We actually did what we were supposed to do. It, it really does work. It's awesome. All right, guys. So those are our tips here for planning for fall expenses. And uh, if you start thinking ahead and doing some of this stuff, you'll be surprised. You'll save yourself a lot of money and also keep yourself out of a lot of debt. Hey, hey, what's this I see? I thought this was a party. Let's dance! 
All right, all right. That sound means it's time for the celebrations of the show. And today we're going to be kicking it off with Shannon Liardi. Shannon says, this week I paid off $1,550 towards debt, refunded the timeshare rent money I received because of COVID. Uh, the person will not be traveling. Used my debit card instead of a credit card at the grocery store, which is a big win for me, she says. That's awesome. Way to go, Shannon. Kelsey Evie just put $450 towards a loan, only 400 left on it. So I plan to pay that off in two weeks. Awesome. Way to go, Kelsey. Uh, Judy McCord, instead of renting a car for $120 plus gas, I'm taking the train for 37 bucks. Yeah, we talked about this on the live media because these are people who are in roots and they're doing their celebrations. I always forget about the train. I've, have you guys ever taken a train anywhere? I have not. Do you guys have, do you have train we have trains like, in canada yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> you always take it that way and that's not what i mean i know you have trains but do you have like a local like because we literally have a train station that's 15 minutes from our house and i always forget it's there and that train station literally can connect you to anywhere oh yeah i could walk to the train station okay all right well i didn't know <laughs> jacqueline mccubbin just made a final payment and paid off 1600 dollars in debt that's huge way to go Deb Westfall paid credit card off in full $728.32, added $130 to her emergency fund, stopped sending the teen daughters grocery shopping with her debit card. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> That's huge. That's Way a to go, lot Deb. Of fruity pebbles right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it would be in my house if I sent them. <laughs> Uh, Shelly Caldwell, working on my September budget and declined to travel to an impromptu family gathering out of town, which I would have had to finance via credit card. That's awesome. Such a huge celebration to say no. Uh, it's the, probably one of the most difficult things to learn how to do in taking control of your money is learning to say no to yourself and learning to say no to other people. And that's uh, that's awesome, Shelly. So congratulations to all of you who are working so hard on getting out of debt. And thanks for hanging out with us here today. We love your feedback and it also helps us grow our podcast. So please leave us an honest review in Apple Podcasts. We read every single one of those. And as you know, the Debt Free Dad podcast is here to help you live a happier and stress-free financial life. So if you know someone who could benefit from our show, please give us a share. We appreciate you and we will see you on an upcoming episode. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Debt Free Dad podcast. For more free resources to kick debt and financial stress, head over to the realdebtfreedad.com.